Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, K. Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter, at Ball Blast M. Ball Blast E-M. E-M. And I'm Kate. You could follow me on Twitter, at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Jake, and I don't have those kind of high notes, but you can find me on Twitter, at Jake Trowbridge, with a W. I almost forgot the name of our podcast there for a second. I was like, ah, it's been, you know, a whole seven days since we've done this. (laughs) I almost forgot our name, but no, uh, make sure to go hit that five star mark on whatever app you're listening to us. Thank you so much for doing that. This has been an insane week oh or God. I guess just last two days of fantasy news like this is this is way better than what free agency is going to be next week we're all pumped for free agency to start but I think like this week took it over like all of the big players are basically like decided we should just cancel free agency because it doesn't matter like it's, it's gonna be gonna such be a letdown yeah like we we started off the week with Calvin Ridley like getting the news that he suspended for the year and we're like wow that's wild news and that ended up being like the smallest piece of news of the week which is pretty crazy obviously calvin ridley being gone for the year again sucks uh he bet on some sports he bet on the falcons which just seems stupid in general yeah bad use of money man. yeah <laughs> would not rec- <laughs> 10 like 10 times out of 10 would not recommend betting on the falcons in any way, i think that was form. his biggest mistake right there Ugh. um but i don't know what this means for falcons players there's still so much that's going to come into play with who they sign in free agency if they draft another wide receiver early like you can say cool for kyle pitts he should get a million and one targets but also, if there's no one else there, you know, it's like they're not going to score a lot, which we saw this last year. We didn't score touchdowns. And then you don't believe in Olamide Zacchaeus to be like <laughs> the wide receiver one. You know, people will start talking about it. They're going to start puffing themselves up about it if they don't <laughs> draft a wide receiver one early. Uh, but no, hopefully they can find a, another wide receiver one. I might give a good option for them. At the end of this podcast. I mean, to be fair, I will say, so I actually think the Falcons are in one of the most interesting positions in any, like among any NFL team. Cause when you're looking at their quarterback situation, they might actually have the best quarterback in the NFC South. Uh, they have the best. That's not a hard thing to do. Uh, no, but that's what I'm saying. So like the Falcons could actually be a really easy play at like a, a, easy bet to make the playoffs just by default as potentially a winner of the NFC South. If they get any supporting cast around Matt Ryan, you obviously have Kyle Pitts. Um, I don't know what, what they do, but 
They are in a position where they can either tank and completely rebuild, or they can win the NFC South and uh, be guaranteed a playoff berth, yeah, which is whoever, just fascinating. Whoever wins that's going to win with like eight wins. They're gonna oh, get it's going to be out in the playoffs. It's going it to be matter. absolute garbage. Yeah. It's going to be like a Washington football team win from last year, twenty twenty, yeah. but. Still, they're in an interesting position where if they wanted to compete, um, the pathway for that is there. Yeah, sure. We'll see. Uh, Big news, even before the biggest news of the week, but Aaron Rodgers, shocker, all this drama just for him to resign. It's like, really? You needed to do all that? Like, I'm sure you knew as soon as the season ended, you're coming back. Like, God, you're so annoying. Why does he have to be so annoying? We all liked you. We all liked you. Just two You're years doing ago. everything you can to make us stop God. liking you. And I, I don't get it. I guess maybe he just really doesn't want to be liked. He's succeeding amazingly at it. Oh, my God. I'm going to be the first person to admit this out loud. But Aaron Rodgers is living rent-free in my head because he irritates me that much. <laughs> and, like, I'll fully admit that. Aaron Rodgers, you... Uh, congratulations, because I would say rent in my head is worth a decent Nothing would make me happier than breaking into his house at night and just shaving his head off. Just I just oh. shaving his was head not off. sure how that <laughs> sentence was gonna yeah, end. <laughs> no idea what the end was gonna be. I just that. wanna shave his stupid hair off and maybe he'll look a little bit less homeless. I can't I can't with him. Everything about him just irks me. But he's but you're gonna have to watch Packers. it. Yeah, you're going to have to watch Listen, it for at least another three years. It's a so good enjoy. thing that he's back with the Packers for the NFL. And do you want to know why? Not only for it, he gives the Packers the best chance to win, of course, right? He Like, they're not going to do it still, but he gives them the best chance to do it. Ouch. I mean, how many years in a row do we need to see him not do it? But also, there's no more Tom Brady, right? And the whole NFL fans, they come together. And in the playoffs, they're like, boo, Tom Brady can't win another one. And we all come together and root against him because we don't want to see him win another one. Now it's, ooh, Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. We're all against him, right? Besides Packers fans, every single other person is now against Aaron Rodgers. It started this offseason and it's going to continue. Nobody wants to see him win again because it's just hilarious. So the NFL needs this because we're all going to be watching and rooting against him. And it's going to be fun. I mean, America He's, just always needs something to like collectively root for or against. And he's the villain. Yeah. Yeah. He's the villain. He's the NFL villain now. He's and the I Joker. think that that's fine. I, but, you know, he, well, yeah, he's the Joker. And I guess by default, that makes Devontae Adams his Batman. Is that how that works? Or is Ooh, he like romantic? I think that's... his Harley Quinn, or I don't know. I would, whatever. There's some wow. sort of connection there, I guess. No, but this is great. I mean, Rogers will be good for fantasy again. Devonte Adams will continue to dominate in fantasy as long as he's on the field. Um, you know, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon—they'll pretty much do their same thing as last year. Like this is a pretty well-known team now. You know what you're I've drafting. No, but like all the players are pretty like, you know what you're getting out of them in fantasy. I guess the one big question mark will be the wide receiver too. If they finally draft a guy, like how much does he contribute? But we'll get into that once that happens. Right. Uh, but I mean, we all expected this drama for absolutely no reason, but then we have real news, which never happens in the NFL. We always get the Aaron Rodgers type of news where nothing actually happens. They just go back. But then out of the blue, I thought I was seeing a fake Adam Schefter tweet when I first saw it. 
Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Insane. Jake, what was your first reaction when you saw that? Uh, yay for my fantasy <laughs> shares of Russell Wilson because he is now in a place where, dare I say it, they might actually let him cook. I don't know. It's kind of exciting. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Javante Williams, uh, like, I, I feel like uh, the let Russ cook population and the let Javante Williams run the ball population, there's so much overlap that I think all of fantasy football just spontaneously combusted because how do you let both of those happen? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they we don't really know what the Broncos offense is going to look like. Like last year, they weren't super pass heavy or they haven't been recently, but that was with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And now they have a brand new coach in Nathaniel Hackett. You're very familiar with him. Um, old OC with the Packers. But the thing is, Aaron Rodgers never actually has that many pass attempts, right? Like it's a, it's a fine amount. It's probably more than average or yeah, more than average, but it's not... It's not what Tom Brady was doing last year or what you see with Justin Herbert or anything like that. It's still going to be on the lower end. Uh, So I still think he's probably around 500 pass attempts, but it can't get worse, right? You're not going to see Pete Carroll type, like run, 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 run. Like, I don't think we're going to see that. Like just 7 million run attempts when you have the best quarterback in the NFL? Probably not. But what's really important here, right? Because I think we're... There's so many quarterbacks that you can kind of take a chance on. Like, you don't really have to worry about Russell Wilson. You can take him if you want. But it's the wide receivers for the Broncos and the Seahawks. But let's talk about the Broncos wide receivers first here. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton have been very disappointing, but they've also had no quarterback. So how do we feel about them going into next year? And which one are you more likely to take a chance on for the 2022 season? I'm... I'm obviously much more comfortable with both of them now because as I think we've discussed on this podcast before, we basically saw their worst case scenario play out, or at least I believe we saw their worst case scenario play out last year. So it had to get better. Now it gets markedly better with Russell Wilson there, just in terms of the quality of the targets that they're going to be getting. I am team Cortland Sutton, which I don't know if that's a popular place to be right now, But Sutton actually had the highest average depth of target of all wide receivers last year who had at least 60 targets, which was wild to me. One, that he even (laughs) had 60 targets, and two, that he was actually that far downfield. Yeah, Um, Yeah, right? Like, how did that work? But then also Russell Wilson, even with his awful thumb last year, did rank first in intended air yards in the NFL. So, like, that feels like a match made in heaven. Russell's not afraid to throw contested catches either, which is going to be great for Cortland Sutton, I think, in the red zone. So I'm I'm looking back at 2019 for Sutton, where he kind of thrived, and I'm expecting more of that. What are your thoughts, Kate? Because I'm kind of in the middle here. I want to hear your thoughts before I chime in. So I think both of these are kind of, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, If we're trying to compare apples to oranges, uh, meaning the wide receivers uh, to the wide receivers, I would liken um, a a Jerry Judy more to um, a a Tyler Lockett, if that makes sense. Um, Like these aren't direct player comps, but I'd say like Cortland Sutton, I think has the size advantage and just like 
I would liken him more to a DK Metcalf. And Russell Wilson, I think, likes targeting these wide receivers that get open with finesse, with route running, and all of that. I think Russell Wilson's chemistry is going to come with Jerry Judy. And that's, like, just based off of Russell Wilson's playing style. He plays with precision, and I think that's what Jerry Judy is going to excel in. Yeah, I think But Cortland Sutton, big playability, huge upgrade. I think in PPR, Jerry Judy will be more consistent. I think Cortland Sutton will have his big games. His touchdowns certainly go up. I think that's the biggest thing here with both guys. I mean, Jerry Judy had three touchdowns his rookie season, had a pretty decent rookie year, nearly 900 yards, but three touchdowns. And then last year was hurt for a while of the season, but zero touchdowns. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing for both of these guys. It's going to come up because Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater did not throw touchdown passes. It's just, it didn't happen. And when you're looking at Russell Wilson, it's like he's going to throw 30 touchdowns or more. Like that's going to happen. Period. It happens every year. He threw 25 this year, I know, but he missed three games. Like he would have hit the 30 again. So those have to go to people. And I think those are going to go to Cortland Sutton and to Jerry Judy. Mainly you'll have some to Tim Patrick. We're talk about Albert O here in a second. Um, but I, I just think the touchdowns will go up for both guys. I'm going to go with talent with Jerry Judy. I think he's the more talented wide receiver of the bunch. I mean, we can't forget just because he disappointed these last two years, he was considered an elite wide receiver prospect coming out of school. Like uh, can't miss elite prospect. Uh, his separation ability is really, it's up there. It's really great. So in PPR, I'm going to go with him, but I still think Cortland Sutton will have really nice games and it'd be a nice asset. Yeah, I like I, I I'm just gonna take Jerry Judy as the safer floor, but he's still a wide receiver that though I think he has the safer floor. It's not to say that I don't think his ceiling uh can be high, uh especially with a Russell Wilson under center. Like I think he's uh gonna be one of these perfect mid range wide receivers in twenty twenty two. Okay, the biggest hype man right now on the Twitter world, Twitter sphere, Albert Okuwebunam. I know I probably didn't say that right, but I looked it up. She practiced a lot, I guys. did, but there's a lot of different ways people keep saying it. Okuwebunam. Um, I'm going to say Albert O for now. I tried to do it once. I don't really care if I got it wrong because do you know how many times I've had to deal with Majuziuk or magic? Maziak? Maziak. It's Majuk. No one can ever get it right. You just got to live with it, Albert O. It's going to happen. All right? You did this to yourself, you'll, man. You'll be okay. <laughs> but Albert O is everyone's new favorite sleeper tight end. The issue is he's not so much a sleeper anymore because yeah. people are ranking him absurdly high already. Quote, unquote, sleeper. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe in like, you know, home leagues, by the time we hit re- redraft, maybe people won't know of him as much. But now that Noah Fant was in the deal and now he's in Seattle... Uh, Noah Fant was the starter, starting tight end for the Broncos. He leaves town. Albert O showed some flashes last year. Um, what are your thoughts on him? I have strong thoughts, but I'll let you go first, Jake. See, I don't have very strong thoughts on him. I, I thought, okay, great. He's a super athletic guy, and that's wonderful. But we've also seen super athletic tight ends flame out in the NFL plenty of times before. Uh, I thought that he was more of just a detriment to Noah Fant than he was his own sort of thing. 
And now I feel like, yeah, if he's there in the last round of my redraft league somehow, cool. Last Free tight round. end. But otherwise, I'm I'm cautious. But we know the chances of him making it probably even past round 10. I like I genuinely believe he's going to be going earlier than round 10 by the time the regular season hits. Um the chances of that are zero. Absolutely zero. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with taking him in the double-digit rounds. If if we get to the season um, and he's in the double-digit rounds, or if you can go trade for him right now in Dynasty, super, super cheap, you can't. That's the thing. Now everyone is considering him. People already have him as a top 10 Dynasty tight end. People are saying they would rather have him than Dalton Schultz, which I just think is insane. I would much rather Dalton Schultz. But this is my thing with Albert O. If I can get him super cheap, right, as an actual sleeper, cool. Yes, go take a chance on a guy who's super athletic, but he has flaws, right? He he played at Mizzou. A, one thing, he played with Drew Locke. So they had that connection. Listen, having Drew Locke as your quarterback is never a good thing, except they actually did have the connection together. So, like, that's one thing, and now Drew Locke is out of town. But – also, he was raw even at school. He was supposed to be this top prospect. Didn't really do much in Mizzou for his whole time there. His best season was his rookie year. A lot of his big plays came from broken down plays. And that's what happened again last year. He had one game over 60 yards. And it was because of a 64-yard reception that was a broken play on the defense. Like, they just ran into each other and he kept running. Uh, PFF compared him to CJ uh, Uzama coming out of school and I think that's perfect like he will have some big games next year a hundred percent just like CJ Ozama had but he's not a guy you're gonna draft in the eighth round and want to plug in every week like the tight ends you want to draft are guys that are in offenses that do not have loaded wide receivers and a running back to utilize and Denver is one of those teams that they're, they're going to use other guys I just it just have so many other. If options. you can actually draft him as a sleeper, do it. But it just doesn't seem likely at this point. It's just weird that we're hyping Albert O as the sleeper when, I mean, we see it two wide. No, but we year. see two wide receivers on the same team, and we're like, ooh, can we see, uh, multiple any kind of receiving options? Uh, He's also a really like, rough run blocker, so it's likely they bring someone else in anyways. He was a rough run blocker coming out of school. He's been graded really rough as a run blocker in the NFL. So likely they bring someone else in. But also, uh, Jake, do you remember Trey Burton a few years ago? Yeah. Oh, I sure do. Trey Burton. Trey Burton. He was going to be amazing. Do you remember uh, Adam Troutman from last year? I've heard of him. I still hold out hope for Adam yeah. Troutman. Do you remember how good Vance McDonald was going to be a few years ago? Like, we do this about a guy every single year, and it's just, this is going to be our guy this year. And luckily, I did it with Kahale Waring a couple of years ago, and I will never <laughs> yes, let myself yes. live it down. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it just happens every year. There's one guy that's going to break out, and um, they don't. Typically, it doesn't happen. He, he could still be – like, Trey Burton was a top 10 tight end after that. We were all calling for a breakout. He averaged nine points a game. Like, it was a terrible <laughs> year by him. He was still a top 10 tight end. I'm not saying Albert O can't be a top 10 end. It's just I, he could do that, and you still wasted a pick in round eight. Like, that could still be a thing. Anyways, moving on. Let's talk about Seattle now. 
Everyone's freaking out about DK Metcalf. If you have him in Dynasty, you know, I'm seeing crazy trades going down. People are selling him for one single, like, rookie pick. Are you kidding me? Like, DK Metcalf last offseason was a top three wide receiver in Dynasty. He's 24 years old. He's a monster. We saw him perform with Geno Smith just fine. He scored, like, five touchdowns in those three games. You know what's amazing is that I feel like Dynasty fantasy football players pride themselves on um, playing fantasy football from a perspective that is long-term, not overreactionary. Um, and I, I think we are some of the most overreactionary bunch in the entire <laughs> fantasy football community. Because, uh? I mean, the, like, the way that we've seen uh, DK Metcalf fall, kind of similar to the way we saw it, uh, Michael Thomas fall. Like, I still think Michael Thomas is going to come back and be no, a competitive don't compare them. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm not like, they're very different points in their career, but I'm just saying like Michael Thomas went from a top five dynasty wide receiver, a top three dynasty wide receiver all the way down to, I mean, I don't even know where he's at right now. I still think he's, he's worth, going to be completely fine. He, I mean, Michael Thomas, is going to be completely fine, but similar, oh, I'm not talking about Michael no, 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 Thomas. No, no, but I'm I'm likening the two, Michelle. I'm likening the two. Stop likening the two because Michael Thomas is never going to be any anything again, and DK Metcalf is going to be a top I am five not, wide receiver. I'm not likening the two in terms of their current situation. They are in very different situations. Let's just get Michael Thomas out of this discussion. No, Michelle, let me finish the analogy. Oh my god. Um, just you ruined it because. People traded things for Michael Thomas last year, and now they're stuck with a terrible asset. So no, that's they're a not bad... stuck. Okay, that's where we disagree. That's a bad comparison because I no, think... No, Michelle, they're in very different points of their career, but my comparison comes with the fact that you had a wide receiver that was ranked in the top three dynasty wide receivers, and then one thing happens, and then all of a sudden they're literally worth like um, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I think like that, I'm just saying there yeah. there are players that the narratives flipped way too rapidly on. Yeah, at least like for Michael Thomas it was injury, right? So like that makes a little bit of sense. For DK Metcalf right now he's fully healthy. He's going to be on the field for what we know, right? Unless there's a injury that happens. So, if you believe in his talent, right? Like we always want wide receivers to get drafted to a place with an opening for targets. Well, that's Seattle. So I guess we got to see what quarterback now goes you there. Just, but now Jake, you just threw Noah Fant in the mix. Jake, what do you think about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Well, it's like, what do you expect to be the worst case scenario at quarterback for, for Seattle? First of all, we have to stop pretending that free agency has already ended when it hasn't officially started. There's yeah. so much more that's going to happen here. So yeah, don't overreact to DK Metcalf. He will be fine, as you mentioned with Geno Smith. Is there going to be a quarterback coming in that is going to be worse than the Geno Smith experience? I don't know. I doubt it. I'm not saying that he was terrible, but I just mean, is Drew Locke even going to be worse for DK Metcalf? I really don't know that he would be that much worse for him, especially if things clear out more in Seattle. Because if they're really doing this rebuild thing right, they're going to have to let go of some of this older talent. And that should clear up some space. Yeah, so Tyler Lockett goes. I mean, that backfield is old, uh, especially in terms of running back age. Like, both of those guys are older than they should be. 
Uh, Rashad hey, Penny Rashad and Carson. Rashad Penny doesn't have the touches, baby. Back up. Oh, they still have to resign oh, him. Oh, jeez. They're going to resign him. I don't know. I, I don't know why you'd pay a running back that's always been hurt. You when, think you're going to need to pay I think Rashad at, Penny? Uh, a little bit. I don't, I I don't think, think so. And I think they're in rebuild fully now. Um, so I don't know. I don't we'll think see. you're going to need to pay Rashad Penny much. Because, again, like you said, he's on, never on the field. But, wow, we don't agree today. <laughs> Take like three big breaths. And don't bring up anyone's name that has nothing to do with the situation. Uh, what was I going to say? About about DK Metcalf, right? If we actually think he's talented, we have seen wide receivers overcome bad situations. If Elijah Moore, a guy that I love, and I think he's very talented, but if he can score with Mike uh, White, I almost I almost called him right for a second. Uh, Mike White... Um, who else he had? Josh Johnson, Joe Flacco, and even he had a good game with Zach Wilson finally. Like, if he can put up big games with them, I'm sorry, DK Metcalf can as well. Like, it's going to be okay. Do not trade that him for nothing, please. And a, just a single first round pick is nothing because you're just, you're betting on that you hit DK Metcalf, which is like, that's not going to happen, most likely. Um, <laughs> Rashad Penny, we brought him up, but are we still wanting him back there, right? Like, if you have Penny, you're holding him in Dynasty. You've been He finally broke out. Do you want him back there? Is it going to be as, friend, like, score-friendly without Russell Wilson there? No, and I don't want him on that team if they are truly rebuilding because they're they're useless touches for a running back there. Like, an, a true rebuilding team... I don't really want that running back unless they're just planning on running him into the ground. And why? Why would you do that with Rashad Penny, who notably has all these injury concerns? And the same with Chris Carson, who also has his own injury concerns. So I really don't want either of these guys back there. Uh, And if they ship them off and bring in some young blood, maybe. But uh, it's going to be real interesting. All right. We we had another big trade Today, that dropped down, we're recording on Wednesday night. Uh, Carson Wentz to Washington Commanders. Uh, I feel like this moves the needle nothing for me. <laughs> for, like, any player on either side. Vanilla. I, like, are you, are, are you excited about Terry McLaurin now that he has Carson Wentz? I am not excited for Terry McLaurin, nor does it change my perception of his production. For this year. The only thing that it changes for me with Terry McLaurin is I think this moves his perceived value down in some people's eyes really? with Carson Wentz because they were expecting a better substitute for the quarterback. It doesn't move him down from Taylor Heineke as his quarterback. It moves him down to a vacancy, which could be anything. It could be Russell Wilson. And now it's Carson Wentz and these people are deflated. So it might actually be easier to trade for him at a reasonable price. And so for that, I would be interested. I don't know who, like, I kept telling people who were like, oh, well, Washington's going to upgrade at quarterback. I was like, who? Because the great quarterbacks all have trade clauses and they're not going to say, okay, cool, trade me to the worst franchise in the NFL. Like, I do think they're, mo- they're the most dysfunctional franchise and they're not going to say, okay, like we saw, Russell Wilson said, absolutely not. Apparently, Jimmy Garoppolo said no to Washington as well and he doesn't even have a no trade clause. But he does for another week, and I guess the 49ers are being nice to him. And this is why they had to go get Carson Wentz. I don't know what they expected. This is like 
This is the best upgrade you're going to get, and it's I not mean, good. It, it sounds like Washington has been making passes. at. They're, uh, Washington is the creepy guy in the bar who hits on every single woman indiscriminately, uh, gives everybody a chance, but all of, like, nobody says yes. Nobody wants to say yes. Nobody wants to go home with you, but they keep <laughs> trying. And finally, the Colts said, screw it, I guess, and they they rolled with it but immediately as like the terms of this trade came out michelle you pointed this out just how much news has come out about um just the perception of carson wentz in indy and among the team and the negativity oh, they're like they're letting so much leak about his leadership and about how bad he was for the locker room about how players hated him they better watch out i mean this trade is not official the league year does not start till next Wednesday. And Washington can back out of this trade at any time until I think it's 4 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Keep letting it leak. Colts, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Like, you better, like, or Colts fans better be, you know, just praying every second until Wednesday. Like, please get here faster. Uh, but the timing of it is definitely kind of weird like that you definitely want that trade to be pushed through it's kind of like getting bad news when you have a trade offer out there and um you're you're just like i it's just it's it's very tricky you don't want somebody to rescind their offer uh before it officially gets posted and obviously for um michael Pittman going on to the colts now they need a quarterback, right? Like you don't want to have Michael Pittman if it's Sam Ellinger right now, but we expect them to bring someone in, whether it be Mitch Trubisky or Jim, uh, Jameis Winston, maybe they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I feel like that's even right for Pittman. I think Jameis Winston would definitely be an upgrade, but just to circle Pittman back, I did want to bring this up. So looking back at Carson Wentz in terms of his uh, what he's created and generated with wide receivers. Michael Pittman in 2021 was the only receiver that has ever caught more than a thousand yards in a season. Tight end, running back, wide receiver, whatever. Michael Pittman was the first guy that did it with Carson Wentz under center. That's crazy. Which is insane because Carson Wentz just feels like he's a been around forever. So like, just circling back to Terry McLaurin, yikes. But Michael Pittman, I mean, I genuinely think he could be in for a huge upgrade here because hopefully he either gets somebody that maybe targets him just a little bit more heavily and relies on him as an actual wide receiver one, or he gets somebody that um, is a little more consistent and he benefits from that. Yeah, I'm excited to see who the Colts end up getting. We had two tagged players at wide receiver this week. Devontae Adams, we already talked about. He'll be great with uh, Aaron Rodgers. No need to discuss him. Chris Godwin was tagged as well. Kind of surprised. Second tag. So they're paying him uh, $19 million this year, and they don't have a quarterback. Jameis Winston returning to the Buccaneers. What do you think, Jake? That's like his only good option. Yes, please. 
I don't think Jameis and Bruce Arians will ever reunite. That is one of those like very volatile relationships that I just can't see that happening. That you would love to watch on reality television. Don't lie. Oh, God, it would be amazing for that. But if, if there could be a hard knocks type of setup for that somehow, I'd be all in. Don't get me wrong. But from an actual like NFL playing standpoint, I just don't see it happening. I'm afraid a little bit. I think t- Kyle Trask is probably going to be the starter. And I know no, nobody wants to talk about it or think about it. I think they'll just roll with their rookie from last year that they took in the second round. He He's probably the best. Like, if he was drafted this year, wouldn't he be no. the first quarterback off the no. board? No. Kyle Trask you don't think so? Trash. No. His wow. arm is so bad. I would rather have Kenny Pickett than Kyle Trask. And I don't I don't like Kenny Pickett at all. Even with his even with his tiny fingers? Yes, yes. You'd still be comfortable with that? Trask's wow. arm is one of the worst arms I've ever witnessed from a prospect. I watched that one earlier. Bruce Arians does not think so. Bruce came out very highly of his arm strength along with his accuracy. Oh so God. I don't know. I know it. nobody wants to talk about it, but I just want to put it out And we don't know what progress there. he's made. Maybe, so like, maybe his arm got mm-hmm. super strong. Let's. I mean, maybe he's been spending he some just, time in the gym. He just did the right arm all day. He got one of those things. <laughs> What are they called? Shake weights. Shake weights. Just got his right arm real strong. Oh my goodness. Mike Williams, three-year deal. Really nice deal for him. $60 million, $20 million a year with the Chargers. This is the best thing for him. Go right back with Justin Herbert. He had a fantastic year, fantasy and real life. I think this is good for Herbert, for his fantasy value. It's good for Mike Williams. Love it all together. You guys in agreement? For sure. There's no better place he could have landed. Uh, among players, Herbert's thrown to at least 50 targets in his career. Williams has the second highest passer rating when targeted. They like they have chemistry, and it seems like it's just a matter of when they utilize that chemistry. Because I feel like it ebbs and flows. We see high usage from Mike Williams, and then it kind of tapers off. And then we see it again, and then we see it taper off. And you never know what you're going to get, which makes for a volatile fantasy season at times. But you know the upside is so, so high, and you know that raises the floor so much for Justin Herbert and the ceiling. And I think his uh, fantasy price will stay fair. Like I don't think anyone's going to be overhyping him. I think it's going to stay fair. I think he's a really nice wide receiver two option, and you just plug him in every single week. There's going to be down weeks, but there's going to be a lot of nice weeks as well. Dalton Schultz was tagged uh, for the Cowboys. I think this is another situation, best situation for him. Stay with the Cowboys. He was utilized a lot. He was Dak Prescott's go-to guy on third down. Guys, is there any tight end that is as undervalued right now as Dalton Schultz? Okay. Tight end three in 2021, uh, tight end 13 in 2020, but just three behind three points behind Noah Fant, who we all worship the ground he walks on. Okay. But in the last two seasons combined among tight ends, he's been the tight end four in half PPR formats. He's had the fifth most targets, fourth most receptions, tied with Dawson Knox for the six most touchdowns. Like, this dude is productive AF. And we just are, keep kind of looking over him and being like, yeah, well, um, eh, well. Um, he reminds me of former Cowboy tight end Jason woo! Witten, who nobody really was interested in drafting ever, but Kinda he like just Keith always Miller. produced. Yeah. I mean, Jason Witten was better, a little bit better than Heath Miller, obviously. But I think Dalton Schultz is just one of those guys where 
He's not going to give you massive weeks, but I think he's one of the most solid tight ends to throw in. Like if you're drafting him late, you can honestly throw him in every week and you're going to get some pretty safe points most weeks. Safe points, but also decent upside. And especially if Amari Cooper's really leaving Dallas, that opens up a whole new, a whole new world. For Dalton Schultz no. to be the <laughs> one. Another guy that's getting hyped like no other right now because Lots of Mike McDaniels. <laughs> receiving okay. yards. Mike Isicki got tagged by the Dolphins. <laughs> Mike McDaniels is the new coach for the Dolphins. So, you know, George Kittle. Mike Isicki so is the next George Kittle. No questions asked. You know, according to Twitter, it, it's happening. Uh, what do we feel about Mike Kosicki? I'm sick of falling. Except Mike Kosicki can't block, and so therefore he cannot be the George Kittle role that everybody wants him to be. And, like, you can't be in this league for as long as Mike Kosicki has and all of a sudden turn on your blocking button. That's not how that works. So I think it's fine. Like, let him continue to play wide receiver, basically, as a tight end and be okay with that. And I've always been notably low on Mike Kosicki, so I'm yeah. clearly not the person to really talk to about this. But he'll be fine. Ten points per game last year, uh, and they had Jaylen, uh, rookie Jalen Waddle. That's about it, right? And the year before that, he didn't do much else whatsoever, and they had nobody. And the issue is, it's, it's like he's, he's running routes too. Um, I have to imagine if you looked at the past. Two oh seasons, yeah, it's a ton of routes. Uh, and I wish I would have looked this up before the podcast. But in the last two seasons, I have a really hard time believing that there's any tight end that has run more routes than Mike Gesicki. Period. Across the, like last two seasons combined, um, and I. Like, he just hasn't done anything with that, and the situation has never been more ideal. He's never had more than six top 12 weeks in a single season, and you need higher upside than that because uh, you're probably going to draft him uh, closer than you'd like to think um, to a player like maybe Dalton Schultz, who's actually reliable week in and week out, and probably comes at a similar price. Like, give me a guy like Dalton Schultz over a guy like Mike Gesicki any day of the week, 24-7. Yeah, because Gesicki is mid-round clunker territory. Yeah, that's where he's going to be. And Gesicki's going to have, like, I feel like you're going to be, like, rooting for Dalton Schultz weeks, and then you're going to still get zero points. Like, yeah, I'm staying away from Mike Gesicki. I just, I feel like Dalton Schultz is going to be my dude this year. It just seems obvious. Like, Amari Cooper might get traded, especially if Amari Cooper gets traded – or and cut. then they don't sign, uh, re-sign Michael Gallup. Like, there's targets to go around here. And Dak already really likes Dalton Schultz. So I think he's a very undervalued tight end right now. So that's it for the news. I mean, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, there's going to be even more breaking news. Maybe we get Jimmy Garoppolo news or maybe Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr. Maybe one of them moves as well with all of this quarterback movement, which has been just really weird, I guess, for... But it's like big moves. It's big boy moves. It's big not just moves. like little boy moves. It's big boy moves. And Little boy moves. What these, you doing over there, little boy? Little boy. Uh, <laughs> no, these trades put on their big boy pants and they're ready to big boy trade. It's been fun. But free agency is going to start before we get back on here next Wednesday because the legal tampering period, ooh, it starts ooh. Monday, yeah, yeah. which we all know the second that legal tampering period starts, there's already contracts that are signed like one second later. So it's like, 
You really just did all of that contract in one second? That seems very unlikely. Very fast negotiation. <laughs> That's like super fast. Anybody who's married knows negotiation does not move that quickly. <laughs> but so we're going to get a ton of news before we even talk again on Wednesday. Probably like all the big guys are going to be signed. So what's one thing you want to see happen next week in free agency? Jake, we'll start with you. One thing I want is for Jameis Winston to go to the Carolina Panthers because I want him to unlock DJ Moore for once. DJ Moore has been, what's the opposite of blessed? With quarterback play. That includes Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, Will Greer, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and late stage Cam Newton. Jameis Winston is a 13,000 times improvement over that group there. He had an eight. Point two yards per attempt. That would be fantastic for DJ Moore. Um, Jameis Winston also had the highest touchdown rate, absurdly high, 8.7% of any quarterback last year. That's going to regress. But he was also improving on that percentage every single year that he was in Tampa. So you marry that with DJ Moore, who was eighth in red zone target share. And Jameis also had the highest red zone completion percentage last year. DJ Moore could finally get touchdowns, you guys. And that's what I want so badly uh, is just for him to have a competent quarterback. I want that same thing. I would love that. Jameis Winston to the Panthers. And honestly, like Kate was saying with the the Falcons, they could be competing for the division. The Panthers really just need a quarterback. And I think they're the the favorites to win that division. It's kind of crazy because every single team in the NFC, the NFC South is a quarterback away from competing, it feels like. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just interesting. It's a fascinating division. Absolutely fascinating. Anybody could win it. My my bet on what I will not bet because I don't think it's going to happen. But what I want to happen next week is Juju Smith-Schuster to go to a team that will give him feed him targets where he can be the wide receiver one. And I think that place right now is the Falcons. They have to be if they don't want to spend their number eight pick on a wide receiver. Right. When they just spent the number four pick on a tight end. You have too many other holes to really be pigeonholing yourself into having to take another uh, playmaker like that that early in offense. You're going to have to sign a wide receiver here. And with Godwin being tagged, with Adams being tagged, with Williams being re-signed, I do think Juju is the next man up here that the Falcons can be looking at. I mean, Russell Gage didn't really start to get involved with the Falcons until about week nine. And he was on pace for 134 targets from week nine through 18. If Russell Gage gets 134 targets, like on pace for 134 targets in the offense, I don't care what you think of Juju, right? I don't care if you think 200 he, I don't care if you think he only performed because of AB even though there was 100 other wide receivers that played across from Antonio Brown in his career and none of them did anything. There's been I mean the whole thing with the Packers is they need a wide receiver too cuz no so how many wide receivers have played against Adams the best wide receiver in the league and have done absolutely nothing. Like him playing against cross from AB means nothing. He showed out and put up 1,400 yards as a second-year player. And since that season, he's had to play with Mason Rudolph, with Duck Hodges, and a broken Big Ben. Like, that's all he's had. And a broken Juju. And a broken Juju. And, like, a terrible offensive coordinator. Let him go somewhere where he can shine. I think he can ball out again and be, like, a star again. So that's what I'm hoping for. Juju to the Falcons. Let's go. 
I mean, I I'm rooting for Russell Gage was on pace for almost 1,200 yards in the second half season. And like, I don't stupid. Like, like, like for real who would say he had a good season well, i no, mean he well, had a fine he, season for what you would expect from russell gage but well because he didn't have a good overall season but he literally didn't even play until basically week nine and from there on like i said ridiculous. on pace for almost 1200 yards what i'm hoping for in free agency and this is gonna this is gonna shock and awe um i'm i'm gonna send my good old friend alan robinson Back to Jacksonville, where he blossomed first as a young, a young little wide receiver a blossomed. Young lad. A, a young lad. He blossomed there in Jacksonville. We know what he can do when he gets volume, and I do think that like Trevor Lawrence needs a veteran wide receiver. I think that offense needs some kind of veteran as an anchor, and I do think that Allen Robinson could be one of these guys that I like, I think he's a smart wide receiver. I think he's capable of handling volume. Um, I think he's capable of just being a guy's reliable um, number one wide out that, um, you know, when you maybe can't make the read or when the read's not there, you chuck it up and you let Allen Robinson get it. That's what Blake Bortles did. That's what Mitch Trubisky did. And I think, I don't know. Trevor Lawrence could use a player like that. And I think <laughs> Alan Robinson's the guy for that. Um, but I do think with Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback and as the clear cut wide receiver one in this offense, he could absolutely be a top tel- top 12 wide receiver again. It just, it needs to come together. I'm rooting for a reunion, baby. We are about to have go back to your ex. Another fun week of football news. This is like a great time to be a football fan. Be a, this would be Kim N- Kardashian's favorite time of the year. <laughs> the NFL is actually exciting right now in the middle of the offseason. Uh, we should have a blast during free agency. We'll be back next week to talk about all of those free agency moves. It's so weird to me that all of these players, like, like we're going to know teams, which is just so much fun. Hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions about free agency or you want our reaction about any player signing anywhere. You can find me, Michelle, at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. And you can find me, Kate, at FFBallBlast. And you can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out BallBlastFootball.com for more league-winning advice.